documented. Miracles happening today. Today, I'm so excited to have my dear friend, Faith. And she's going to come on and give her testimony. And Faith is the kind of person, she's just totally full of life. She has always has a huge smile on her face, no matter what she's going through. And um, she's just a ton of fun and a ball of energy. And she got saved shortly after I moved to Prescott. She's just really dear to my heart and has a really powerful story of conversion. And so we're going to dive into that today. And I'm glad to have her here. Welcome to Documented, Faith. Hi, thank you, Melissa. Thanks for the nice introduction. I would want to start when I was three years old because that's the first memory I had. And I just remember um, I was from California, but we actually moved to Florida. And I was actually at a friend's house right next door to where I was living. And all of a sudden I saw just all these police cars. And I just remember what is going on here and found out the next day that my house was being raided. My dad was a really bad drug addict and had tons of people in the house that were just not good news. And um, I just remember walking in, everything being on the ground. And I just remember fear just gripping me. And I just remember just chaos. And um, my mom always worked. And so she was at work and I'm looking at this whole mess and what's going on. And of course, again, my dad said, we just need to get out of here. We just need to move. And we go back to California. And we're living in California, and my mom's working, and the same situation, he just starts using drugs again. I remember one day I was on my bike, I was with my friend, and there was like a bump. And I went over the bump, and I just completely biffed it, and my I was bleeding, and I went home. Um, my friend's parents first actually, you know, put a Band-Aid on it, and I went home to my dad, he was taking a nap. And I woke him up and he spanked me and I didn't understand what was going on and went to the emergency room and um, had Wait, to get stitched up. You went to up. the emergency room because of... Just falling, falling from, on the ground, just something from, from a bike. bike. accident. Yeah, and it would just be like these things but like this. But your dad spanked you for interrupting yes, his nap. Yes, for interrupting oh his nap. Goodness. And it was just, what is going on here? And I just remember these memories of always just being in chaos. I remember the same place in California my dad was just mad at us and I have two older brothers and he put us in our room and he locked the door and we had no food and I remember being hungry and my brother would be like well there's paper and I'm eating this paper and it was just this is my life these are my first memories and I just don't ever remember it being a normal you know sit at the dining room table and eat type of memory it was always something was wrong something was going on my mom was always at work trying to pay the bills and then very soon after we moved to Arizona um, we moved to Wickenburg because my grandpa his dad lived there so we live in his house and um, was your dad still in the picture at this point he was he okay. was still in the picture he's the one that moved us there it was constant moving because he felt like if we move Mm -hmm. then he'll change. He could start over somewhere. He could start over. So in retrospect, do you feel like your dad had a desire to be different? Always, yes. He okay. did have a desire to be different. Um, I remember him, he could speak fluent Spanish. And I remember him telling people about Jesus. And I remember as a little girl being like, well, 
that's not what Jesus would want. I remember feeling that way as a little girl. Go home and he'd beat my mom and he would use drugs. And I remember thinking he, that God wouldn't want that. And I don't know where that was coming from and why I felt that way, but I just remember. Why was he telling people about Jesus, you think? Did he have a... Some form of religion that he had. He would go to different churches. I remember him taking us to a Mormon church at one point and my brother's getting baptized in like the Mormon religion and I didn't understand it and I was confused. I just remember always being confused. How old were you then? Maybe five, maybe five then, because memories were kind of in and out. Yeah, sure. Um, at some point, we lived in Pennsylvania. We lived in a tent on somebody's property. This oh my was my gosh. life. My life was just all over the place. I just remember my grandparents coming to town in Pennsylvania and, and um, had no clue, thought we lived in the house and we weren't supposed to tell them it was a hush-hush situation. Oh my gosh. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me everything you remember yeah, about that. Yeah, so I remember my grandparents coming into town and we were, were so excited because they were taking us to a restaurant. We See were your so mom's hungry. parents? Yeah, my mom's parents. And... They, I don't know why my grandparents thought we lived in this place, but somehow that's the lie that they came up with to say we were living in this person's house when we were actually living in a tent. Okay, so your mom was probably embarrassed. And scared. So my dad constantly had it in my mom's head that if she told anybody that he would kill her and he would take us. If she told anybody about the abuse. About the abuse, about the drugs. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. He, so her parents are coming to town. She's got to pretend like you guys live. Yes. And I don't even know how. Like, I can't remember as a little kid. I can't even remember how that even worked out. He had in her head that, you know, he would kill her. He would take us um, because he was very abusive to her. And he was just such a drug addict. And I don't even know how my grandparents really thought we were living in this place. Like, I don't know, because I, I remember little bits. I just remember going to this restaurant and we were so excited to eat something so amazing because we were just so hungry all the time. So did your mom come from a, a middle class? Home, a, a really good home. home. Oh my such gosh. an amazing home. My mom came from the most amazing parents. They were just so together. They... Um, they were together until they, you know, my grandpa passed years ago. My grandma just recently passed. And so they were just Boston, uh, amazing, um, upscale, military. Grandma, you know, worked at Emerson College and just very, she was an only child, but a really good home, just always together. So I think that my mom didn't know what the heck to to think when my dad was like this. I think she was just scared for us, scared for her children. How do you remember feeling about your dad? I remember just being very angry at him. Very, very upset that he would treat my mom the way that he did and the way that he was with us. And I mean, we honestly couldn't even approach him as dad. We literally had to call him by his name for him to answer us because he would not answer to dad. And so, no. No. And so it was just very awkward. And it was very like this man's really what is he good in our life? I remember thinking that finally at one point. Did he work There's nothing. No, he didn't work. So were you guys home with him all day? At times, unless we were at school. But okay. yes, he was always there. And, and, and he would take our food money and we wouldn't have as much food because he'd be using it on drugs. And it was just, it was constant chaos. I just, I remember my mom constantly had to work to pay the bills and he would just be taking money 
that he could to just buy his drugs. And I don't remember him working. I don't remember any time that he was ever working. It was always my mom working all hours. And where are you in the lineup of your brothers? Are you the youngest? I'm the youngest. Okay. And then how much older are they than you? Three and five years difference. I'm so curious about your dad's interest in religion. Yeah, I I don't honestly know um, exactly. I don't know how he got into the Mormon church. And then he even had this book called the Book of Arantia. I don't even know what that is. I've never looked at it. Was there ever a period of change during that time? Or was he always the same? I never remember him being anything but a drug addict. I never remember him trying to get help. I never remember. I mean, I know when we moved to Arizona, he started doing like the AA meetings. But other than that, like I don't remember him ever being sober. And, and, and the thought process to be clear and make sense at all. So do you feel like in retrospect, do you feel like he stayed with your mom to use her? Absolutely. She was providing? Oh, yes, definitely okay. so. And he just had a, a hold on her. And I think that it was more of like a jealousy and a just a stronghold. When he was playing around with these religions, how did yeah. that translate with you? You said earlier when you heard him witnessing to someone in Spanish, yeah. it you knew in your gut that that's God not wouldn't God. have wanted that. That's not God. How did you know that? Did you just... I don't know how to okay. explain that because I was so little, but I just remember those little memories of going, that's not God. That's Yeah, not, like okay. that's not what God would want. God God is love. And maybe that was, you know, brought to in some way to me. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think that it's also And what God did your mom think of him? Was she into him trying to find other religions? Was she, do you think she was hoping for a change? I do. Him? I do. I think that she was hoping that something would click with him and that if we did this that maybe possibly he would stop the drugs and and um you know, serve God. What was her background in Christianity? Because she came from a decent home. What did she she think of God? So, you know, my mom never really talked to me a lot about God, to be honest with you. I know that her her mom came from more of a Catholic background. Her dad came from a more, I think it was a Methodist church. And so I know just watching my grandparents they were just all around good people. I don't remember hearing them cuss or or get crazy and yell. They were just very calm and just, just very just yeah. nice. Just nice always. So you guys moved to Wickenburg. Yes, we did move to Wickenburg. Um, I was about first grade when we moved to Wickenburg. And that's where my grandpa lived, my dad's dad. And um, he had a house. He had two homes, one in the back and one in the front. And we were able to live in that front home. And um, do you think his dad was on to him? I think his dad was a drug addict as well. Mm -hmm. When we moved to Wickenburg, I remember my grandpa drinking a lot. He was always drunk and always just angry about it. Didn't wasn't really into the idea of us really being there and the idea of kids. Mm -hmm. I don't remember him being excited. I remember that my dad dropped us off in Wickenburg at the house because he had us for some reason. My mom was coming along because she had to work. But then her car broke down. So my dad left us there. And we had no money. And I remember my my grandpa giving us like a few dollars that he had in change. And we're kids. So we went to the store and bought, I'm not kidding you, a two liter of soda and a bag of chips. And that's what we were eating. <laughs> right. Again, it turned bad. 
again, it turned to chaos. And I remember fighting and just just um, another chaotic story of drugs and beating my mom. And then we found Prescott. One day we drove up and we found Prescott and we loved it here and it was snowing. I remember as a kid making like a feeling magical. I remember mm. it was like almost like a magical place to me. And we actually lived on Sheldon Street and mm. and I started at Miller Valley. And so I started at Miller Valley and I think I, as far as I can remember, I did a tiny little bit of my first grade year there. And I went into my second grade year. All this happened before second grade. Yes. Wow. Yes, I, I, I was very young, and I just remember all these little tidbits of things that happened in my life. Biggest memory I remember is she just got off at El Charo. She gets a ride home from her friend, and it's a girl. I saw her walk in the door, and I saw her friend. My dad comes home. I'm not exactly sure what he's on, but he starts accusing her of being with another man. And I was right there saying, no, dad, I saw her come home with her friend. He wasn't listening to me. We were in the living room. My mom is a very calm person. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't like, she doesn't just, she doesn't want to even deal with it. She doesn't want to argue. She doesn't want to. And this is like 15 years into their marriage right now. Wow. So she turns around to just, you know, get away from the situation and from our living room into our dining room. There's two steps and she turns around and he just pushes her and she just falls and just splits open her chin. She, I'm not kidding you, she calmly gets up and goes to the bathroom to clean it up. I follow, my dad follows, and he's yelling at her and she's saying nothing and he punches a hole in the bathroom wall and then she walks out from there, she sits down on the dining room table and at the chair and he walks into the kitchen and grabs a knife. <sighs> and he literally says the words, I'm gonna teach you a lesson that you're never gonna forget. And in my thought process, my mom is going to die. Oh my She's going to die. And my brother was actually in the room. My brother that's five years older than me is in the room. I don't know how he got this gun, but he had a gun and he had enough. He was done mm -hmm. with his mom being abused. He was done with the situation. My other brother was already living back east with my grandparents. So this brother would have been how old? So if I was Your in second. second grade, I would put him about, what was I, like eight I would have been like, yeah, so he would have, I think he was about 14, right? He was probably so, 12 or 13. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was thinking he was a little bit older, but no, he's definitely young. And so he had a gun, and I don't know how he got it. I'm at the door by this time. I have no shoes on. I'm standing there. I'm, I'm scared because I just told my brother, he's going to kill mom. Oh, wow. He's going to kill her. And so he comes out with the gun and there was no phone because my dad would rip the phone out of the out of the socket so we couldn't call the police. And my mom... He would do that proactively when he yeah, was abusing Yeah, he would. Mom. He would pull wow. it out because he knew that that, would, that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. So he would always rip the phone cord out. He, my brother comes out with the gun. I'm watching him and he says, get away from mom. And my dad's saying, what are you going to do? And he's walking towards him. What are you going to oh do? My Shoot me then. Shoot me. And my mom tells me, Faith, run. So I book it up Sheldon Street. And all I hear is boom. And I'm so scared. I remember feeling so scared because I thought my mom or my brother are hurt. And that's mm -hmm. all I cared about is mm -hmm. my mom or my brother being hurt. So I kept going to the gas station. I got to the gas station. I called 911. The cops met me there. What did you tell him? I, as far as I'm aware, is 
my my dad is abusing my mom. My brother has a gun and he's gonna shoot him. Oh my gosh! I need someone now. I need someone, and it's that's all I can remember. I believe that's exactly what I said. So I'm trying to picture this Sheldon Street. Yeah. So those little gas stations that are wow. over there, and I don't remember what that used to be called. I called from a payphone there. Okay. So the police come. They pick me up. When I go back, of course, there's ambulance, there's fire trucks. I don't know what I'm walking into. Oh, my God. When I walk in, my mom and my brother are there, and that's all I could care about. And I just remember this relief. Well, what happened was my brother got scared. He shot the gun, and it skimmed my dad's shoulder. It scared him enough for him to run. So he took off. And so they find him. And I just remember at that point in my life thinking, it's finally over. It's Mm -hmm. finally over. Our Mm -hmm. lives can be good. He's going away. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be near him anymore. He's finally gone. So your reaction was relief. There was such a relief because there was so much that he did to our family that just made it miserable. And so I was just so happy for my mom to not be abused, for us kids to not have to Mm -hmm. be in this scared situation that we could have our mom and um but i didn't think of all the hurt i didn't think of all the pain that my mom went through for 15 years and that definitely did a lot in her my mom was actually gonna get back with him and it was actually our neighbors. did he go to jail he did go to jail he did go to prison i can't remember how long he okay. got but he was getting a long time and um, she was gonna get back together with him while he was in prison or something or? she was like not talking about getting a divorce oh my gosh well, I, he had he, such a stronghold he on her mind did. he yeah. did he she was so scared of him that he would be able to get out and he would be able to find us and he would kill her and, and take us and that's all she could ever think about and so what's crazy is my grandparents her parents didn't even know what was going on they had no clue so uh, there was neighbors that lived next door that helped take care of me when my mom was at work. They were a young couple from the Prescott College, some hippie kids, and they were so kind to me. And I'd always talk to them and tell them, you know, I'm scared because I don't want my dad coming back and I don't want my mom being hurt. And they're like, well, do you have, you know, your grandparents number? And I was like, no, but I know where they live. And so they end up getting a hold of my grandparents. So how did they um, connect you guys? Somehow, because I knew my grandparents' address... They Not looked the address. It I'm up. sorry. I'm, I messed that up. They, yeah. Their name. They had. They looked up their so name. They and they so they looked him up so that you could tell your grandparents. Yes. So they called my oh grandparents. My I get on the phone. And I'm, yeah. And I'm telling them, like, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. My brother's there. My brother that's three years older is living with them. And they're like, is this true? And he's like, yeah, but mom told me not to tell you guys. So I didn't tell you. Mom, How did he end up with them? bad decisions as well my my dad mm. would get them all, all the way back from florida would he was letting them smoke weed at like eight mm. years old and like five years like crazy young ages he was so your grandparents too. knew then they so were going to try to intervene and let him live with them but yes. they didn't know about your dad they knew some stories here and there, okay. but they didn't, they didn't know, know about everything the abuse. was going on. And so this was their only child. So when I told them what was happening, my grandpa flew out. I thought when I talked to my mom, she was going to be so excited. Well, she got mad. Oh. She started yelling at me because she was so scared. And she thought my dad was going to come after us. And so it really shocked her. She told me the story that she was sitting at St. Michael's and it finally hit her. Like, like, like just Wow. All this stuff just came out. She, I just remember her telling me she just started crying and realizing what a stronghold 
this man had on her. <laughs> and when she finally, my grandpa got her that divorce, there was like a relief. But then she became an alcoholic because she just, for 15 years, my brothers were already messing up. Stealing wait, wait, cars. so I don't want to yeah. rush through this. So yeah. you're, you tell your mom she's mad at yes. first and yes. then your grandpa shows up how much longer how much later I would than that say within a week he was there okay like he, and then he was able to talk with her and yes. counsel her that she needed to this is gonna happen divorce you him. need mm-hmm. this divorce and she finally agreed with she realized yeah. this is wrong this yeah. shouldn't be happening and how old were you then i think i was still in about second grade okay. then, that i can okay. remember and so and your dad is still locked up at this time he is. Okay. He's still locked so up. So there's some level of safety yes, there. Yes, because okay. he's gone. And um, Did he ever try to talk to you from prison? Um, I think there was letters that were sent, but I don't think I ever want. I remember having, back then I had a hatred, mm-hmm. a pure hatred for sure. the man of, of just wanting to see him die. Of just, he's no good to anybody and why is he here? He doesn't mm-hmm. deserve to be here because what he's done. So I, I had, a, I didn't want a relationship with mm-hmm. him. I didn't want anything to do with him. And my mom, she never talked bad. She was, because she went to a counselor and they always said, don't talk bad about the other parent. And so she never would. Which she's was shocked. Saint. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't. And she wouldn't do oh. it. And I don't know how. And I mean, we went through, I remember in that same house, just like hardly a time I wasn't there I was actually mm-hmm. in Wickenburg with a friend but a guy that lived behind us was on drugs and this whole situation went down where my brother's probation officer was there and um he was trying to offer him drugs and so afterwards he told the guy you know hey like my probation officer was there you can't be doing that well the wife flushed the the drugs down the toilet well, he came over and we think it was PCP because he broke every window in our house. And my brother had that same gun and had to shoot him. PCP. PCP is a drug that makes you very, um, I don't even, I don't know what else it's called, but it's just like, like you're just, you're, you're very hyper. psychotic. Okay. You're very psychotic. You okay. do crazy things. Um, obviously you're processing this, your brothers are processing this. When, when do you remember when your brothers started turning to drugs? Yeah, they were young. I remember that when, by the time we moved to Prescott, they were already in a bunch of trouble. And so they were already using drugs from Florida is what they told me, which was years prior. And, um, I mean, cause I remember being three years old in Florida. And wow. so that would seriously put them at six you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Three, six, and eight. Mm-hmm. And that they were already smoking weed. The dad was already allowing them to smoke weed. And your mom is so busy working. She's she not really seeing. She worked day and night. Day wow. and night. She was never there. Wow. I, from what I remember, she was always at work. She was constantly at work. So what starts happening? So you're here in Prescott and the divorce is finalized. And yeah. then you said... Um, shortly after you saw your mom turn to alcohol. She did. So she worked at El Charo, which is downtown Prescott used to be. And um, she would go to the birdcage after that, after she'd get off work, just to numb mm-hmm. her pain of mm-hmm. all those years she was. Is that the first time you remember her drinking? 
Like, did she turn yes. to alcohol after that? I don't that? remember her drinking before that. I don't remember her being drunk ever. I remember her always coming home and, and mm-hmm. being just right out of work. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just a numbness. Mm-hmm. She wanted to numb all that pain that she went through. All those years. All the years. Because mm-hmm. it was. It was 15 years of just abuse and chaos that she had to live through. So... It was it was really sad to watch her mm-hmm. take that path because in my thought process we finally got rid of them, mm-hmm. but and so I didn't really understand at that age like what's going on here like now we should be okay mm-hmm. my brother should be okay I should be okay my mom should be mm-hmm. fine we we got rid of them we got rid of a problem sure so um, yeah it was it was hard to watch because I was home a lot by myself. My brothers were stealing cars and on probation and doing drugs and going to, you know, juvenile hall. And and so it just kept going. Mm-hmm. It just kept going. And I just remember just being at friends' house and being happy to be at their houses because they'd sit down around the dinner table. We'd all sit there and I just remember, this is what I want. This is what I want my life to be. I want to be like this kind of family. I don't, I don't, I don't want what I have. And so this is what I want. And so, um, but then the tables turned and and I started drinking by middle school because I kind of got this thought process in my head while everyone else is doing it. So why don't I just start doing it and started hanging out with these girls in high school. And I would just, I just remember getting wasted, Mm -hmm. just really, really drunk. Just, I mean, just stupid drunk to where... I'd be puking and, and feel horrible, and, and and then I would wake up saying, why am I doing this? Do you remember this? the first time you tried alcohol? I was in sixth grade, and it was my friends. They were actually, the how I met them is they dated my brothers previously, and that didn't work out, but we ended up being, um, friends. being friends. And so... What did it look like in your life as far as restrictions? Because you have your mom who's still... Yeah, it seems like your mom was, was a very, very hard worker. Like maybe she she was constantly at mm-hmm. work. It would be mm-hmm. day and night shift. So there was no restrictions. There was no boundaries. It mm-hmm. was kind of, I cleaned the house, but I just did that because I thought, you know, my mom's working. I need to be cleaning. Mm-hmm. And so I'd clean the house. It wasn't told that I had to do it. I just did it. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was no boundaries. Like me drinking, she knew about it, and there was nothing ever said that wow. I couldn't do it. And and I could go where I wanted and do what I wanted, and, and that's just what I did. And I just mm-hmm. remember being, by middle school, a very angry individual. Do you Do you remember knowing in your gut that there should be a boundary? Yes, always. Especially because I was around so many friends parents that gave me boundaries they would do it when I was over there they would give me boundaries like what um just not allowing me to do certain things if if we were in the room and we were supposed to be cleaning the room and and we weren't doing that no we're cleaning the room right now faith that's what we're doing we're picking up and no you guys can go here till this time and then you need to be back and it was it was I liked it though I wanted boundaries for my teachers I craved it from other mm. from friends parents i i loved that they had boundaries i remember them being frustrated with it yeah. but i remember being happy that they were there that the parents were there and that that there was things that they were they they were there and i think it was just them being there 
that made me so happy. The fact that they were there, that they were talking to me, mm-hmm. that they took the time. You know, my friends were always upset with it, but I wasn't. I was like, I love this. The parents mm-hmm. were home, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's a, it honestly, I feel like almost they crave them. And so as a person who didn't have those, when I'd get that, I would be like, oh, somebody cares. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. cares about me. So tell me what's going on with you in the guy department because you had such a horrible reference point in your dad. Yeah. What I, were you thinking about guys? I started dating in middle school. I was mm-hmm. thinking like I had to date. Why did you think you had to date? Because everyone was doing it. And so I felt like, well, I need a boyfriend. You know what I mean? And so I dated, but I didn't really care to have one. I remember but in middle school, I didn't really care. I was like... Just wanting to do do like have fun with my friends, do my thing, and mm-hmm. and not worry about stressors. And I felt like that's at that time in middle school, like all they were were stressors, and it was just drama. And I just like when where them. would you drink? <laughs> at my house. Um, oh, at your yeah. house. Okay. So even my mom at one point should be embarrassed by this, but she passed. But she would have been embarrassed mm-hmm. by it now. She always told me, but um. She said, I'll buy it for you guys as long as you guys stay here. And so we would do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then um, my friends were in middle or in high school. I was in middle school. So they had boyfriends in their houses. There were certain houses there, you know, were the party houses. Mm-hmm. The parents allowed it too. Mm-hmm. And so we would go to those or we'd hit a party up and, and drink there. And so my middle school years were kind of a blur because it was just so much partying and drinking how are you doing in school i didn't really understand it a lot (laughs) i kind of just asked for help from friends and they would give it to me and i didn't really care like i Mm -hmm. i was respectful to teachers that's what i never got in trouble at school the idea of getting in trouble like was not okay with me i don't know why and but Mm -hmm. i would not get in trouble at school and so my grades were good because the fact that my friends were letting me cheat Mm on them I didn't exactly understand it anymore, and I wasn't taking the time to Did you see school as more of, um, like, your social place? It was a social place for me, and those weren't even the friends I was hanging out with, like, on the weekends. Who'd you hang out with on the weekends? The high school girls. How did you get in with them? They were the the ex-girlfriends? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, and so then you feel super cool because you're oh, the older yeah. girls. I felt and, like yeah, yeah, I yeah. was, oh, I'm the young girl hanging out with the older girls. I'm mm-hmm. so cool. I'm going to be bigger and I'm, I'm you know, mm-hmm. I'm mature. I'm way more mature than people at school. And I got this and I'm doing things they're not even doing. And it was just like almost two different lives that I was living because sure. at school, I mean, they knew I drank, but I didn't drink with them. Were your brothers still living at the house at this point? As far as I remember, no, no, they were not. So my one brother by that time, my brother that was three years older than me, he was incarcerated in prison. My brother, Sam, was in the military. As far as, was he in the military by then? I think so. Maybe he was in the military by then. That was probably high school. So he was, he was living with my grandparents. Were you close to them? No. Okay. So one of them passed and then the other one's still in prison. He's been in and out. He's been in and out, in and out since he was, I think, 11 years. Ben and Sam. Ben. Ben, ben and ben, Sam. Ben. So, yeah. So, Ben is my brother that's three years older than me. Okay. And Sam's my brother that's five years older than me. My okay. brother, Ben. Is... How did Sam pass away? That's a really hard story. Oh, so, okay. 
Yeah, it's a If very, you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. Yeah, that's okay. a hard story. Okay. I have fine. a hard time with that one. But yeah, so middle school years, my party years. By high school, I felt like I did need a guy. That's when I felt like the partying what wasn't doing the trick. It wasn't. I felt like crap every time I, I got wasted. felt like crap. So I just need a guy. Mm-hmm. So by sophomore year... I found a guy and for some reason I clung to him and I felt like he's going to give me the fulfillment that I need. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it from him. And I don't know what made me feel that way, but I needed somebody. I needed somebody. And so I forgot to say this, but in my middle school years, my mom did find somebody and took her out of the of the drinking scene. They actually okay. met at the birdcage. My, my stepdad, my um, his name's mm-hmm. Jeff and still my stepdad to this day. And... Um, he met her there, but he was not into drinking, so he took her away from it and really got her away. Wow. And it was a nice thing to finally have her. Did he move in with he, you guys? Eventually, we moved. We actually moved to Vegas, to Henderson, Nevada, halfway through my eighth grade year. We moved to Henderson, Nevada, and they got married there. Wow. Okay, yes. so she had actually maintained sobriety after she met him. She did. Wow. It was... It was he he was not into it and and she you could tell that she wasn't really into it once she was with him mm-hmm. she didn't want to did drink. he treat her good he did treat her good and she mm-hmm. still worked like crazy though because she was so used to working so mm-hmm. she didn't have to um work as much anymore mm-hmm. but she did it she worked day and night because she was just so used to it and so she was constantly working so again i think i was just trying to find attention we ended up moving back here we actually moved Cordis, which is by mayor. Okay, so you eighth grade, you yes. go to Henderson for how many years? My freshman, so half uh, halfway through my eighth grade year, I did um, half of my eighth grade year in Henderson and my freshman year. So freshman year, okay. I did in Hen or well, I actually lived in Henderson. And I went to school in Vegas, but then my mom tells me at the end of that year we're moving back, and I thought she meant Prescott, and I was excited because my friends were in Prescott. Mm-hmm. But we actually moved to a place called Cordis, which is close to Mayer, which is a tiny little town. And I was really upset. But that is where I met the guy. So I think it's because it was a small little town. There's nothing really to do. I meet this guy in my thought process as a teenager. Oh, I fell for him. And I clung. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it was just wanting to have attention and wanting somebody who cared. And that would give me that time and that attention. And so I was a sophomore. He was a junior. And I had it made up in my mind um, by, I think, my junior year. When we graduate, we're going to move in together. And he kind of was like, oh, okay. He was a stoner kid. And and he kind of was like, well, I was thinking about moving with my friends. I guess, you know, yeah, we can move in together. And I just was like, yeah, that's, you know, what we should do. And so... He graduates, we start saving up money, I graduate finally, and we moved in together. We went to Prescott Valley, we moved in together. And in my head... So your senior year, you moved in together? No, it was after my senior year. So we, oh, okay. I graduate and then we move. I see, okay. Yeah, so we moved to Prescott Valley. We're just seeing each other, we're not married or anything, we're just dating. I continue to drink, He's a we- he likes to smoke weed, he's smoking weed. I'm drinking. I remember I had a friend named Sarah. We get drunk one night. I asked her, where do you think God is? I remember just feeling that way one night was drinking. Where where do you think God's at? And she's like, I don't know, maybe like in the universe. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it, but I just wonder where he's at. And just, I, I remember those moments of just thinking about God. 
in my high school years, I forgot to say this, um, his family went to a Baptist church. And so they brought me to the Baptist church and I heard about God. I didn't exactly understand it. I would go, I was excited. I remember getting baptized and being excited about that. And I remember the pastor saying that he wanted to marry us one day, that he'd like to, to be able to marry us one day. And that was as far as it went. Was that his way of prodding you or like... Maybe. I don't know. But I was just like, oh, whatever. You know, I didn't What did it take to get baptized there? It was just go get baptized. You know, you want to get baptized? And I remember feeling good about it. I remember there was a feeling of good, but there was Mm -hmm. no actual prayer. At this point, what is your perception of God? Like what level of gospel did faith have? Yeah, it it was very vague. It was very like, oh, God... You know, God's here somewhere. When you were growing up on Easter, would you guys go? No. Was there ever a time that you, you just no. didn't go to church? Mm-mm. We did not go to church. Wow. So your real kind of introduction to it was maybe way when you were younger, the Mormon thing with yeah, your dad. And I don't even remember exactly what that looked right. like. I just remember my brothers getting baptized and I thought it was weird. So you go with your boyfriend and, and you're see. going with his family <laughs> and, and you ba- yes. get baptized, but... Your revelation wasn't there. No, sounds like there was okay. none. There was none. I didn't really understand what was going on, and I just remember that night with my friend Sarah being like, "Well, where do you think God is?" And I just that was that's where like it left, and then there was just more chaos going on. It was my brother gets out of prison. He needs a place to stay. I let him stay at my house. That goes crazy. He's what do you mean drugs. it goes crazy? So he just. I gave him, I had my grandpa's car. He gave it to me when I got my uh, driver's license. I made a decision to purchase a new vehicle. So I gave my brother the vehicle thinking, okay, I'm going to give him a a room. I'm going to give him a car, get him set up. You know, we have the space. And uh, no, it, it was just, and at that time, both of my brothers were living in Prescott Valley. So my other brother was living in another place in Prescott Valley. So both of them were there, but they would fight with each other. They had a really crazy Mm. relationship. And my brother Ben was such a drug addict. My brother Sam was more of like a pill taker, drinker. But my brother Ben was at that time into meth. And so then there was like where he'd get scared and freak out. And my brother Sam and my brother Ben, I remember sleep. I was sleeping. It was my boyfriend and I were sleeping. And I remember all of a sudden we just hear a dog freaking out my brother yelling and they were getting into it my brother sam's dog bit my brother ben so it was just utter chaos Mm -hmm. it was constantly just something going on it was just like drama 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 chaos like there was no like just let me you know just have a normal life so i had to let my brother i was like no you can't you can't live here anymore you're not doing good and Mm -hmm. this is not going to work out and you were with your boyfriend at that time too yes what did your boyfriend think of that Uh, he thought it was crazy he thought Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh this is you know this is too much we can't have him living here this Mm -hmm. is crazy you know he was smoking weed so he was very calm and this is just chaos so eventually my brother went back to prison like he always did for meth and it was just crazy and then I remember being with him and we finally made this decision he you know gave me a promise ring and everything and then he and I said you know we've been here like seven years like we should just try to have a kid you guys have been together seven years so how old are you now it's 22 at the time by so for seven years you're just drinking working living together yeah we're just living life and yeah he's a we he smokes weed I wasn't like crazy into drinking by that time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like I was before. I would just drink here and there, but mm-hmm. um, just working. But then I had this thought, oh, if I had a baby, 
I, I was trying to find this fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Where is this fulfillment going to come from? Yeah. Okay, what's next? Were you like a workhorse like your mom? I wouldn't say okay. like that too much. I mean, okay. I worked 40 hours a week, like a normal amount. But like after that, I was like, no, I'm good. And I just mm-hmm. lived life and did went to Sedona and jumped off cliffs with friends and mm-hmm. just lived normal. But there was something I always wanted to fulfill. And so I'm still trying to f- find this fulfillment. So in my thought process, having a kid is next. You need to have a baby. So he's like, okay, well, we can try. Like, why not? Let's just try. So I get off the birth control and um, we try and it worked. And I get pregnant. And um, I'm happy. He seems to be happy from what I can tell. And then we're we're going to find out what we're having. And I could just tell there was something different. Something changed. We find out it's a little girl. And very soon after that, he just leaves. He just up and leaves. And I just remember going, no, like, I don't want to be a single mom. You know, my mom had to be a single mom and I don't want that life. I wanted the, you know, sit around the dinner table. What's happening? This isn't working like I thought. And he leaves for another woman. And uh, I end up getting a roommate because he left. How did you find out? From what I remember, I remember coming home, and this is crazy, but there was, he was doing laundry, and there was a condom Mm -hmm. up on the, up on the thing. It wasn't open, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense for us to have. And so I left my promise ring done. You just knew. I just was done. And you already had a feeling in your gut something was off, and then you saw that. And then, you know, he was trying Mm -hmm. to accuse me, and I was like, there's no, there, I don't know what you're, this is you. You need to just go, just take your stuff and go. So you essentially kicked him out. I did. Just go. You know, you don't need Mm -hmm. to be here. He wanted to leave anyways. And so I ended up getting a roommate. And so I get this roommate and at one point he wants to come back. He regrets what he did. He shouldn't have done it. Can't, you know, let me just come back. Yeah, a seven-year relationship is nothing to scoff at. No, That's, it's a long mm-hmm. relationship. And we went through a lot of, you know, growing together because of our age. So mm-hmm. we went from, you know, being teenagers to being adults and living, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what you would, some people would call a normal life, you know, going to work, coming home, having dinner, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but I was done. I just like, mm-hmm. ha- if you're going to do this when I'm six months pregnant, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Yep. And he did. He called me and he wanted me back. He was like, I miss you. And we were, we knew we were naming her Kylie. I miss Kylie. I'm still pregnant. And I said, no, I said, no, I'm not doing that. I got my roommate. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I had a roommate. She had a little boy. I'm good. So I have my daughter. It's the day after my birthday, and I did notify him that I was giving birth. He wanted to come with his girlfriend, and I said, no, absolutely not. And I made a decision to give her my last name because I was fed up with the whole situation. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, he was questioning, oh, well, then it's probably not mine. I said, yeah, you can get a test. That's fine. I know who I am, and I know what I've done, so go ahead. And I was having a lot of complications with her um, they thought she um, had cystic fibrosis, or she, they thought she had spina bifida. Luckily, it didn't go all the way through. They had to cast her foot because it was curved in. She had jaundice. So I was going through a lot wow. at the time with her. I was going through a lot, and I was working full time. Where were you working? At Arizona State Credit Union. Now it's 1AZ Credit Union, so I was a teller there. So I was working there, and I'm trying to work and just try to take care of her and do the best that I can. 
So was all the complications you're going through with her, was that during your maternity leave or did that bleed into you going back to work? As far as I remember, I was able to get all the tests done mm-hmm. on my maternity leave before I went back because okay. by the time I went back, there was a girl that I worked with and it was her sister-in-law that took care of Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back to work. I have this guy come in one day and he's a pastor and he tells me, he's from a Baptist church and tells me, Oh, your name is Faith. Do you have Faith? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I just shrugged it off because I'd hear that all the time. I'd hear that so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I started going to this Baptist church. Now like tell me this. more about that. So he says that, and then he invites you to church? He did. He okay. said, oh, you don't have a church? And I was like, no. He's like, would you like to come? And it was just, it was seriously right around the corner from my house. So I was like, okay, I'll just try it out. Why not? Let's yeah. just see what it's about. It was okay. It was like, whatever. I didn't. I don't know. I At mm-hmm. that moment in my life, it was just talking and I didn't really grasp anything then. There was nothing I grasped from it. And so then there was this girl I worked with and she was really happy and she was young. And I was like, gosh, this girl's so happy and, and she's getting married. And I'm like, wow, this girl, she really is happy. And then the guy comes in and he's really happy. And I'm like, this is to me not normal. Mm-hmm. And, and they invite me to their wedding. Well, the night before... I was seriously at a, it was my friend's wedding in Baghdad and I got wasted, but I felt like I had to be at that. I had to be at church. There was something pulling me. So I literally drove from Baghdad all the way to Prescott to the Potter's house to go to church. So I grew up here. So I just kind of was looking around. I wasn't really paying attention to the sermon. The same thing. Just like what it was like, whatever. Well, there was another girl that I worked with from the same church and she was like hey faith what did you think and i was like yeah, that was fine whatever you know she's like would you like to come back so i'm like sure so the night before i go to a bachelorette party uh, again the night before i'm gonna go to church I'm, I'm wasted again this was the girl that watched my daughter it was her, actually her bachelorette party so again the night yeah. before i'm going to church i'm getting wasted and the soon-to-be mother-in-law is watching her so i come in wasted I'm walking in, I see my daughter, she's six months old. Mm. And I thought, I don't want this lifestyle no more. And I literally Mm. said those words out, never have said those words in my life. At that time, I'm 23 years old, I turned 23, the day before I had Kylie. And I remember sobering up and I'm like, what? I was texting this guy and I text him right then and there. And I was like, lose my number, this isn't who I am. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I just am like, you know, like, I don't want this. This is not the life I want for my daughter because I watched my mom get drunk. I don't want this life. This mm-hmm. isn't, this isn't what I, this isn't what I want. So I go to church the next day. I get Kylie, put her in nursery. I sit down they tell me it's Father's Day. Oh, wow. And I'm so mad because I hated men at the time because of everything that happened in my past, my dad, my ex. Yeah, yeah. I just hate men. And I'm like, here we go. I'm going to hear about men today. You know, and I'm not saying it out loud, but I'm saying it in my head. I'm irritated. And so he starts talking about men. Pastor Greg starts talking about men. And I go, here we go. And and then he says something that was so different than I've ever heard. And he said that I could be washed as white as snow. And I remember feeling like the snow when it hit the ground. Just I felt dirty. And I just was like, I can be? That's something that can happen to me? And I remember bowing my head and I heard God. And I've never heard God. And I heard him. And, it, and I never knew you could have a personal relationship with the living God. And right then and there, I knew I could. And my mom used to always tell me to smile, no matter what I was going through. But that moment, I was smiling on the outside 
and it was true on the inside. It wasn't it wasn't wow. fake. It wasn't a facade anymore. And I raised my hand and I like got up like joy and I went to that altar and I said that prayer and it's the sinner's prayer and I my life changed. I just remember being like God is real and you could have a personal relationship with the living God. And there was such an awe factor that for so long in my life, I was searching. And I thought it had to be somebody. And it was Jesus Christ all along. And I just didn't know. And I, I just, to know that you can have that relationship, there was a warmth in my stomach that I never felt. There was nothing in this world that could offer that to me. And I just remember just feeling like, this is, this is what I've been looking for my whole entire life. And here it is. And at that point, my whole life Praise changed. God. Yeah. My whole life changed. It changed for my daughter. It changed for me. I didn't want what was back there. I didn't want the guys and the and the drinking and the partying and the I just wanted God. And I wanted my daughter to know God and to be raised, to know him, that you could have a relationship and that he could change your whole life. And I went around telling everybody about God. That was that was my whole thing. It was like this is real and and people are like wow faith you really did change and i was like it's only because of god and so 23 years old i gave my life to god this june this father's day it will be 13 years ago which is wild that is wild (laughs) that is wild so i'm curious about tell me a little bit more about just like the next day the next and, day yeah just like i just went to work and i remember i yeah. worked with a lady named liz who goes mm-hmm. to the potter's house where i go to church and and they were like well she was just drinking on like saturday night and liz was like well that's what god can do and um because all the girls were like how's that possible you know how's that when you you told them that you prayed and you met god and i met god wow they just they didn't get it like they didn't get it in their head and they didn't understand like it could be just an instant that that prayer can change your whole life and i just remember them being like wait a minute you know and you bought it you knew it it. you bought it you knew it you knew knew it it in your heart in my heart that it was real it wasn't religion it wasn't Mm. something that was no i i met god and and that's the thing is like i remember calling that friend because i still had her number Mm. my sarah and i was like he's not in the universe i found him i was like you can have a personal relationship with him like he's real And, and that was like powerful to be able to tell her like i don't know where like what I was thinking back then, because you could have, like, I, and I didn't know you could have a personal relationship. I didn't know that that was even possible. And wow. it wasn't until I was 23 that I found that out. It was amazing. <laughs> so I ended up um, moving in with a girl from church, and I was kind of very independent. So um, I ended up moving out from her and just moving out on my own with my daughter and meeting friends. Um, you're one of them in church, and just getting mm-hmm. that foundation where just learning the Bible. I didn't know. And another thing that I can remember that I can pinpoint is at one point in my life, I was trying to read the Bible and I could not understand it. And I got, I got saved and I actually understood it. Like it actually made sense. Wow. And I remember going, wow, this is crazy that now it makes sense. I remember being on the phone with my brother and telling my brother, Ben, you know, you want to high like you've never had before. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's Jesus Christ. And he's just shocked, you know, and he's just mm-hmm. like, doesn't even know what to say to me. 
And so I'm just telling, I mean, I knew so many people. I've grown up in this town. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just telling them the answer is Jesus. Like there's nothing else out there that's ever going to fulfill your life. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. I remember like as my daughter's growing, I'm watching her and I'm like in church and she's Mm -hmm. lifting her hands and I'm lifting mine. And and just this awe factor of like, Mm -hmm. this is what life should be like for people. This is this is the life that I should have always had. And now I found it. Wow. Yeah. And you ended up praying with your mom. I did. I didn't actually pray with my mom. Actually, a lady in church named Nancy actually prayed with my mom. So she prayed with my mom. Um, A lot of people reached out to my mom. My mom came to church at different times, but it was actually Nancy that prayed with her and led her to Christ before she she ended up making heaven her home. Wow. And that was powerful. My mom died in 2020. Um, She was on dialysis. Mm-hmm. And so that was very, very hard in my life. Of course, I had God in my life, but you're going to go through some stuff mm-hmm. even when mm-hmm. you have God that you, you know, you're upset because losing someone is so hard. And my mom was that close person to me that I could tell any anything to. And she would be honest with me and up front with me and say, yeah, that's right, mm-hmm. Faith, or no, that's wrong. You shouldn't have done that. And so to lose her was very hard. I knew she made heaven her home. I actually... Um, was like praying and I found this little prayer out where she passed. It was crazy, this little piece of paper and it was just powerful. Mm. Just the the presence of God in that moment of Mm. knowing my mom made heaven her home and that I was part of that. And I remember thinking, you know, I gave her a kidney when I was 20 years old and she Mm. was 50. And I remember, you know, it was just another day, just give her a kidney, she needs to live. But I started thinking about after she passed, she had all those years, all those extra years, she had 14 more years. Wow. In those years, I had kids, mm-hmm. I got married, I got saved, and she got to see it all. Mm-hmm. And she was there, and she got saved. And how powerful that was, that yeah. when I look back, that how Tell me about that. Did, yeah. your, did she hurt her kidneys because of the so, drinking? Or? No, so she was born with one kidney. Oh, wow. She was born with one kidney, and when she was a kid, it failed her. And so um, she had scar tissue when she was 50. And so they said, you, you're going to need another kidney. You're, you're going to need another kidney. You're, um, it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I want to do it, Mom. And so I was 20. I wasn't saved yet. But I was 20 years old when I gave my mom a kidney. And she just had a lot of health issues. And so the kidney stuck. It was good. But then she had a heart attack. And it caused the kidney to fail. And so then they had to put her on dialysis. And she just faded. And I just remember praying, like, God, heal her. Just mm-hmm. heal her. And my mother-in-law was actually the one that said, you know, faith God did. God took her home. It took away her pain. And I remember, wow, I never thought of it that way, mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. and, he, and he did. You know, he did heal her. He took her home. And, and she made heaven her home. But it was it was a lot to process. It was a lot to take in. You know, being a Christian, you still go through hard times and that was one of them that was a really hard place for me to lose her but I just kept going for God and mm-hmm. saying you know what God whatever your plan is for my life I'm going to continue in it I'm not going to give up I'm going to keep going I'm going to tell people about you know my mom and and um mm-hmm. and what I've gone through and what she's gone through and that she made heaven her home and that you can too if there's somebody listening who's in your shoes prior to salvation yeah and they're just feeling like, there's no way. Why would God have an interest in me? It can't be that easy. 
You know, what do you say to someone like that, that are in those shoes? He loves you, and he knew you by name. He knew you by name before you were born. That's powerful to me, because my name's Faith. He loves us. He loves us so unconditionally. And there's no love that you can ever get from a person or thing in this world that will ever fill you. But God is so merciful. And he just, he, he right where you're at, right where you're at, he, he doesn't, he doesn't look at you flawed. He looks at you and says, you're my child. Come to me and I love you and surrender to me right where you are. And I promise best decision you'll ever make in your life. And there'll be, there'll be true joy true joy, true peace, and and just comfort like you've never had. Thanks for coming on today, Faith. Thank you, Melissa. And now it's documented.